This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the quarter pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 80 of the Stacey West podcast. Uh, I'm Ben and as ever Gary is with me. How are you doing? I've just put, picked up my first win of the season. Hey, there one, we go. 1-0 one so. at home to Tranmere. Playing of championship manager and football manager, I imagine, has gone through the just gone through the ceiling over the past yes. week. It's uh, well, I, I wouldn't yeah. play the new one because it's a bit complicated and involved, and it would take up too much of my time. But um, somebody, and I've shared the link on Twitter, uh, has put all of the current squads into Championship Manager 0102. So um, oh, nice. Yeah, so I'm on 0102, which is quick. You can knock a season out in a couple of hours. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm quite happy about that. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I've I've got the um, I've got the more recent one um, through the website, and at the moment it is currently free to download for the next week, yeah, um, so, and free yeah. to play for the next week. So, so do you, do they be, charge uh, you to play it? Then do they normally? Uh, yeah. Well, it's well, it's you normally have to pay for the game. Okay. Um, you know, it's sort of not quite full price, I don't think, but like 25 quid or so. And, you know, you can download it there. But it's, uh, yeah, it's free to download and play until next Wednesday, I think. So, yeah, give it a go. And if you've got a, you know, got a works laptop that's not being put to much use because you're working from home, then, um, you know, not that I'm suggesting that as an IT technician, but definitely do it. Um, so, yeah, that's, we, that's cynical. I mean, that's cynical marketing, that, isn't it? Here's, yeah. here's basically you're stuck at home. Here's some Here computer some game crack. heroin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you in a week with your £25 uh, and you won't have had any sleep. And let's face it, everybody's got a story of not revising for GCSEs or not going to work or not eating, sleeping and cleaning because they were taking uh, Lincoln to the European Champions League or the UEFA Cup final or whatever. I very nearly lost my degree to Football Manager 2007, I think it would have been, 2007, 2008, because I was was playing it until about like four o'clock in the morning and I got through to the championship playoff final um, and I conceded three goals in the last two minutes and I screamed, you absolute thunder and insert swear word here at the end of it, at the top of my voice because I was so angry and I woke half my house up. (laughs) 
Yeah. That's good. And obviously I've told the story about how I used to cheat Dave all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But, Happy um, days. I mean, let's be honest. Like The last podcast came out, what, Friday? Yep. Um, we're now recording this on Wednesday. And in the, uh, what, the six, six days, five days between now and then, it has been what I can only describe as the longest six months of my life. It must be um, if it's six months, because it's only been six days. No, that's what I mean. Like, oh, it's, okay, it's, sorry, it was a joke, sorry. <laughs> yes, it was a, <laughs> such an arse. Um, but, like, yeah, it was, you know, it's just been crazy, hasn't it? Like, we, we were discussing... At the end of this, uh, at the end of the podcast last week, we said, you know, hopefully we'll be here talking about a match. Hopefully we'll be able to, you know, discuss what's gone on and, and everything else. And then within 24 hours, the football had been cancelled. Within another 24 hours after that, everyone's been told to work from home. Within another 24 hours after that, the schools are now shutting. It has gone absolutely mental. Um, yeah, nothing but- changed for me until today. <laughs> yeah, for those of us in the real world, Gary. Yeah, it didn't. I went out for a meal on Saturday night to the Hennage. It was really nice. It was busy. Um, working normally, because obviously remote working, content creation, SEO, all that. I, I, rem- I work remotely anyway. It was just today the teaching was cancelled. Mm. And that's not because the school's closed. That's just because we teach kids from four different academies and they all have to come together and travel and non-essential travel mm. is cut down um, and also mm. i did buy an extra bottle of fanta in tesco's earlier i normally only buy uh one bottle at a time but i bought two and i felt a bit guilty because it feels like stockpiling <laughs> that's the thing at what point does it become socially acceptable to buy toilet paper again um well like when you run out well, yeah, but like if I go in now, I'll, I'll buy like, you know, normal nine, 12 rolls that I buy. It's like, oh, Christ, I need to. Am I stockpiling? I'm, I'm, no, I'm in desperate need of it. Anyway. No, you're a stockpiler. Yeah, okay. Use your socks. <laughs> I'm not using my socks. I just Fine. got some new socks for my birthday. Stick them through the washing machine. Not, Bingo. I'm not having that. Recyclable toilet paper. <laughs> That's the most disgusting thing I think I've ever heard. Um, oh, I can better that. Anyway. But I'm not going to. <laughs> No, you're not. <laughs> well, um, so, <laughs> anyway, that that's a very disgusting sounding chuckle. I, I, I just had this thought about, and and Dave Adams will know, and I I can't say, but there's a story that I tell around a, a campfire with a beer in my hand about uh, Dave Adams, a vest he left at my house, and uh, and and gravy. But we'll we'll, we'll go there another day. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a a very strange time. It's not something that we've really seen outside of Hollywood um, before. So we had a bit of a chat and we said, you know, what do you want to do? Do we want to record as normal? But obviously it's not going to be normal because we can't talk about a game that we've just seen and a game that's coming up on Saturday. So um, we've we've sort of had the chat and we said, right, let's let's put the call out for questions. So we've got plenty of questions via Twitter um, and quite a lot of people saying, you know, that we should, it should definitely go on because um, I think Chris said on Twitter that, you know, anything that maintains a sense of routine at this point has to be quite vital. And if, you know, it's nice that some people have said, oh, you know, this is part of their routine and it's, it's quite, it's quite humbling to hear that. But, you know, at the end of it, it's, it's about keeping, uh, keeping your head together and, and trying to get on as, as regularly as you can. So, um let's start with some questions if you reckon yeah crack um, 
Okay, so we've got uh, John asks first off, he's got three questions. Uh, he says, number one is the best moment of the season. Number two is your first memory of Lincoln City. And number three is a DC versus Marvel Comics 11. What would you? Uh, what would the lineup and the score be? So um, we'll start with the best moment of the season. Okay, oh, sorry, is that over to me? Um, yes. <laughs> I would probably say... I quite enjoyed Burton away. It was one of my best okay. moments of the season. I know that I know there was obviously Peterborough at home was was huge, uh, and and Ipswich at home, which I missed if you remember through having um, an illness, which at the time I self isolated for, which is all a little bit ominous now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> for me, I I really enjoyed Burton away because I think. We'd come off the back of a long break. Before that, results had been indifferent. The tide of you know, was just beginning to turn. There'd been that uh, Twitter account that had kind of said, "Is it you know another defeat at Burton?" And do we start questioning Michael Appleton's position? Do you know what I mean? There was all sorts of silliness going around, and I think we went to Burton, played all right. You know, weren't brilliant, but we weren't terrible, and, and got a result. And for me, coming away from that, that was. Not the actual coming away from it because I felt so sick on the bus I thought I was going to die. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was probably my moment of the season. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, I didn't get a chance to go to that game, but I would probably say Sunderland or Ipswich at home. I think the Sunderland game, while it was against a team, you know, that Sunderland obviously not in their prime, the fact that we can take on a club like Sunderland at home and, and beat them the way that we did, I thought was, uh, it was really, really positive. Um, and I was sort of came away from that feeling really just absolutely elated um and obviously the Ipswich game which was just so topsy-turvy it was uh it was just crazy but again sorry go on as I say again it's a game that you know six years ago we probably would have snapped your hand off to have that game but the fact that we're bringing teams to to Sinsel Bank that have got that history and that pedigree and we've you know we've, we've sort of well to a point we've taken them apart so you see, I also think in terms of specific moments rather than games, because we've picked games there, mm. but a specific moment I really, really enjoyed was probably the very last moment that we've we've got to cherish at the minute, which was Josh's penalty save against Burton. Because I think it, uh, that was the Burton at home game. So I think it was just such a topsy turvy game and, you know, defences weren't really on top and we thought we'd got the win and then you think, how are we going to come back now from having the lead three times? And he springs up with a penalty. And I think um, it's a real shame that we don't get to build on the momentum from that. Um, mm. Because I think, you know, Tom Hopper just settled nicely for one game. Um, you know, we, we were finding our way. And I think you could see hints in that Burton game that mm. the Appleton way was beginning to seep through again, you know, as it did the first time we went to Burton. And I really felt... Um, that there was the potential there for us to kick on, and I think it's uh, it's a bit of a shame. But that penalty save was was a great moment, fantastic moment. Yeah, and I think I I can't remember off the top of my head which game it was, but um, there was there was one game, and I think the, if you're talking specific moments, um, like moments where that things started to click. Um, again, forgive me, I, I cannot remember which game it was, but there was one. Uh, there was a move which led to led to a chance. It didn't even lead to a goal, um, but it was possibly one of the most exciting moves and the, one of the most exciting passages of play that I've seen as sort of put together for a very long time. And it was um, which 
was it might have been the Blackpool game actually because it was that was when that was when things really started to to look like they were clicking the Blackpool home game and it was um, there was a move down the uh, down the left and it, it just everybody got involved and the, the passing was so slick it was crisp and it was it it deserved a goal really but the fact that it didn't and it was that moment when I looked at it and I thought you know what things might be things might be clicking here and things might be looking really, really good. So, And then Tyler um, and then to right, Tyrese got injured and Max Melbourne got injured. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, um, so that that was, uh, yeah, in terms of moments, I'd probably say say that one, even though at the top, at the moment, I cannot remember which uh, which game it was. I say I think it was the Blackpool game, but uh, I'm happy to be corrected on that one. Um, next part of the question was first memory of Lincoln City. Um, Wow, I've I've got to really rack my brains for this because it's the thing is I've got lots of memories of of bits because I was so young when I started coming. I don't really have that many specific memories of of specific games. I, I don't know what game it was, but I know I remember the first time that I came to Sinsel Bank, and you know we went to the the Junior Reds training, and, and we had the training session, then we had the fish and chips or the sausage and chips for lunch, and then we went into the ground and we you know into the Stacey West, and we sat there second or third row. I had my program that I was trying to you know understand fully and understand why is this man making all these silly comments about this, and it was just like looking at the, you know everything and then I think the first game that I went to I went with somebody that had been before um you know obviously somebody that I knew from from uh primary school at the time I think they were about uh you know year two year three or whatever and it was um I was in there and um I was I was actually reading the program at the time and somebody uh, I think the game started and there was a lot of clapping and I went, oh somebody scored and I got really excited because I thought we'd scored and they said to me no you'll know when we score because we all start cheering and getting really agitated or not agitated because he was like five but you know everyone starts jumping about and cheering and that that stuck with me and then I remember pointing where my dad was in the sta- in the in the uh, St Andrews at the time just going oh yeah he's over there and then getting a season ticket from there and that's where it all spiraled but um yeah, the the junior reds and and all of the stuff around that. That's really my my earliest memories. Um, what about yourself? Bradford Fire. Um, sadly, uh, I hadn't been to a game at that point, but that's the first conscious memory I have, probably of anything to do with football at all. Um, I don't really remember uh, anything before that. I didn't. I wasn't aware at the time of how closely connected the Bradford Fire and Lincoln was. Um, I just remember seeing footage of it on television and my dad being upset. And I remember talking, uh, and bear in mind, I mean, it must have been six going on seven, possibly. Um, so it was just only snippets, do you know what I mean? And we, I, I remember kind of mm. talking to um, my friend Daniel and my, my little brother. We were kind of we were just discussing what we'd seen on the television. Um, obviously, my, my earliest memory of... Uh, the actual club is was my first game, which you know October fifth, nineteen eighty six, Hartlepool at home. It was a Sunday. And we lost four one after taking a one nil lead, um, and we we were terrible. And and Malcolm Johnson, a, a friend of mine, uh, sent me the newspaper clippings from it the other day, and we really were terrible. Even I think the manager at the time apologised to the fans. Um, and then I was given a day off. So that was the October. That was October the uh, the 5th. Now, I, I would imagine that it would then have been um, a month or so later that I was bought the kit. But I can't remember 
if it was that month or if it was, I think actually it was the year after. So it was my first full season. And I remember being uh, dad and mum taking me out of school on my birthday to take me down to buy a, a, a shirt. Now the club shop, I seem to believe, or the club offices were in what was uh, the South Park stand um, at the time. Uh, right, okay. Now that's because the and the uh, the St Andrews or the what's the Solemnity now that had been knocked down and was being rebuilt, but it wasn't open officially until the FA Cup game against Crew. And I seem to think that around that time, that was when I was taken down and bought a kit, and I was bought a full kit. And I remember walking around um, what is now uh, it was Quick Save on Netherland Fields, I think it was. Uh, in yeah, my full yeah. kit and school shoes. And I always think back to myself as in my early days, I was actually a full kit wanker. And I've never had a full <laughs> kit ever since. I've still got that shirt. It's on a teddy bear on my uh, in my bedroom. So <laughs> come apart under the arms. The, ted- uh, the yeah, shirt, think- not the teddy bear. My first <laughs> my first ever shirt is, uh, it's currently on a, an oversized um an oversized Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. Um, it's my 96, 97 shirt with the, the, the sort of foam embossed Lincoln Shireco logo. Oh, yeah, which came off really easily. Mine's still on. Is it? Uh, my, yeah. My logo is still on, but on the badge, uh, one of the bits of the Fleur de Lis has come off. Oh, so, no. But I remember, I mean, but the first shirt I've got that I could still technically wear and i'm not talking talking in terms of size but because it hasn't degraded over time was the jason lee what i would call it's probably 92 93 it's not mm-hmm. the it's the it's a design that uh, the match winner design danny nez will put a picture on i think the other week of it it's a match winner design not flindles it was sponsored by the echo so it was the year after and for some reason that year i got both kits i got home and away and i don't have the away kit anymore and the away kit from that year which was a deep royal blue with a swirl on it and then the echo sponsor was the most beautiful thing i'd ever seen in my life aside from cindy crawford I knew. I, I don't know why. I knew you were going to say Cindy Crawford for some reason. I had a crush on Cindy Crawford when I was a young man. There you go. And Tiffany. You say crush. <laughs> oh dear. But um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's nice to to think back to stuff like that, really, because it's yeah, it's rare that you get a chance to to really look back at stuff. So uh, you know how old Anthea you know Ant- Turner is. Right, I know we're not doing our. Um, I know we're not doing our age <laughs> thing anymore. Right, but genuinely, we. Uh, I was watching television with feed the other night and something came up and it was um partnerships that had broken down and it was on about her and Eamon Holmes. And do you know how old Anthea Turner is? She must be nearly sixty. Yeah, she's fifty nine. Bloody hell. See that surprised me. Yeah. Well I I remember I I went to I went to um to Spain when I was quite young when GMTV was a thing and uh, they had Mr. Motivator, and it was when they did the thing on the beach. So they had like the the live prison, uh, the live links and stuff were done from a beach in Spain, and um, Anthea Turner was was obviously there presenting. And I remember we went, my mum and dad said, right, let's go down and let's see what it's like. So we went there, and it was like, oh, you know, you can meet all the presenters. And I vividly remember having a a ridiculously sized ice lolly. And I walked up and I was just stood near Anthea Turner. She said, oh, who's that, you know, slurping an ice lolly behind me? And she turned around and a massive, like, glob of sugary red crap just fell off this um, ice lolly and just landed on the shoulder of her dress. And I was like, 
uh-oh, this is going to be fun. So, yeah, apparently, um, if you look, try and find some footage of uh, a beach in, like, 93, 94 from GMTV. Massive blob on uh, Anthea Turner's dress, which was my fault. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. No, I don't think anybody will. It, it sounds fair. like a lot of hard work with very, very little payback. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's like being in a relationship with me. But there we go. Um <laughs> Uh, right, so DC versus Marvel Comics eleven. What would the lineup and score be? I mean, I think I think probably saying a full eleven is a bit a, a bit much. Like, I think if you say you'd have, I don't know, you'd have the Green Lantern in goal for DC, and he'd just block the goal up with whatever he can conjure from his little magic ring, um, and then. <laughs> I know I'd said that purposely to try and get a reaction. I'm glad I succeeded. Um, and then you'd have, uh, I don't know, maybe Superman up front because he just smacked the ball as hard as he could. It's an odd one. I don't know, to be honest. Um, have, have you got any thoughts on that one or is that just me going to me gonna go off on one? Yeah, I'm, I'm not 10, so I've no idea the difference between <laughs> DC and Marvel. My nephew knows. Oh, he collects the figures. Band. No, he does. He does. He goes on about DC and Marvel and Avengers, but it's like Martin Scorsese says, they're not real films because um, they're not. They're, they're paint by numbers, get people's bums on seats. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. Batman. What does, is Batman one of them? Put Batman in. We're Robin. They're a partnership. Stick them up front, Batman and Robin. <laughs> Batman and Robin up front for what Team about DC. The Hulk? Is he in one of them and all? Hulk's Marvel. Boom. Well, have him in midfield. <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, I, I wrote an article the other week about one of them. I think Thor is he one? Yes, he is. Thor. He's Marvel. Yeah, he has a hammer, right? And you'd think that he wasn't allowed to use it. Um, but I actually once played football with somebody that used a can of beer and a cigarette whilst playing. <laughs> Genuinely, I don't know if I'm sorry. Just... I'd, I'd, I just, I'd quite like to listen to a podcast which is just an hour of you trying to remember Marvel characters. <laughs> <laughs> spider-man that that spidey-man is he spider-man one? i know who spider-man is again i'm not i'm not six so i do know spider-man <laughs> and i can say the word spider spider-man i'm not spidey and i don't dribble uh a lot actually i did the other night i woke up with a trailer <laughs> dribble in my beard um yeah so i don't know if i've ever told this story but i was playing for uh, mckechnie plastic components um and we used to have like a works team we played in black and red stripes, a kit chosen by me. Um, I, I didn't manage the side as such, but I was kind of the driving force behind putting it together. And we'd had a couple of games locally, um, and we got to play uh, another site, and it was the Stamford Bridge site, which is a place up in Yorkshire, I think, isn't it? So we played at Selby Towns Ground, and I remember turning up at this ground, and we'd pick the team. Someone else had taken the management of this team, the managing director ironically and i kid you not a scottish guy called alan shearer uh, and this is during <laughs> euro 96 as well quality um so he took control and we were playing and we had this mad bastard called colin todd cracking bloke and some listeners might even remember him from the cornell vaults and stuff like that toddy and he was on the bench he'd been in goal for us for a while but because we'd upped our game against this this new team we kind of we put him to one side and we brought him on as a sub on about 70 minutes. And he come running on as a sub. Literally, he come running on and didn't stop before he made his first tackle. So if you can imagine, it was like a cartoon. Like Toddy just comes <laughs> running on straight into somebody. Ash goes everywhere. Beer goes everywhere. He's got a can of beer in one hand and a fag in the other hand. So the referee, and the, the referee's in full get-up, like black, get, black uh, full kit and everything, like a proper Andy Pearson type, comes walking <laughs> up to him. And that, that's not taking a piss. I mean, a serious referee. 
and he, he kind of goes up to him and he goes, whoever you, you can't do that, mate, you know, go on, ditch your beer, ditch your cigarette, we'll say no more of it. So anyway, Toddy went over to the side, come back on. 30 seconds later, the ball comes up. He goes in for a challenge. It was like a Boris Johnson challenge. Do you remember that one in that charity <laughs> thing he did where he didn't, know, yeah, yeah. he didn't know whether he was playing rugby, he didn't know whether it was UFC. All he did know was that when he went bang into this tackle, Fagash went everywhere again. He turned the fag and tried to hold it inside on his hand when he'd gone into the tackle. And he, he, he burnt <laughs> his hand, and I seem to remember got sent off at the same time. So... Can he play for DC? Oh. Um, I mean, I don't know what his superpower would be. Beer and Fagman. Beer and Fagman. Cigarettes and alcohol. That's what you'd call him. So, anyway, any oh, more questions? We're, we're 23 minutes in. It doesn't really, I'll be honest, right? It just doesn't feel like a normal podcast, does it? No, well, all? I mean, it isn't, is it? I hope people fair. are enjoying it. Uh, yeah, sorry. I think anything anything we can do to sort of bring a smile to people's faces. So. Yeah. Next um, question. <laughs> Okay, now. Okay, next question is from Stuart. He says, um, not that it's going to happen anytime soon, but I'd be interested on hearing both of your ideas for the new stadium if and when it happens. Um, do you want to lead off on this one? Or? Yeah, gun turrets um, <laughs> on each corner. Uh, certainly bigger, <laughs> bigger seating area because um, I sit next to a guy called Matt Wall, lovely bloke Matt Wall, but he's he, he's a man spreader. And he, he sits, he goes, there's not much room, is there? And you look across and he's got like one leg across my way, one leg across his mate's way. He's a big bloke, like six foot something or other. Um, so bigger seat. One plum on each seat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Def- definitely 100% uh, gun turrets. Um, I would like a lift to take me to my stay, uh, my uh, my seat. Uh, I would actually quite like it if my seat was, was kind of a commode as well because um, needing the toilet is a real bind. Uh, I'd like an electronic scoreboard that you could replay incidents on because uh, that's always quite handy as well. Uh, and I would like not to have to take my bottle top off because I actually now take a bottle top in with me. So when they take it off my bottle and give me a drink, I then put my own bottle top on it so that I can store my drink during the game. Yeah, I'd, I'd be with you on that one. Um, in terms of, um, I mean, what what would the gun turrets be for, Gary? Or is it just because they'd look cool? Well, to be honest, um, it's because I've always wanted a tower, right? So all the houses of it, I've always wanted a tower that I can go up to in a house, you know, like a, just a, a round room that you reach uh, through a ladder and you go in and it could be my haven that, you know, if anyone tries to get in, they try and get up the ladder. I can just kick them in the face and put them down. It's just my area and it'd be like my writing tower with a view of everything all around me. I've always wanted that. But I kind of figured that they won't put one of those in the ground for me. So I just thought gun turrets is the next best thing. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, uh, right. In terms of, I mean, I don't know if I should say sensible options because I think. It's, yeah, yeah, it's go on. Yeah, 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 please do. Ones. Yeah, no, no, please, please, <laughs> sensible options. Uh, I mean, while you do, I will me, just uh, play on my phone. <laughs> for me the sensible thing and the, the thing i really want more than anything is to have a gangway that if you stand on it for more than five seconds spikes come out the floor it, so it'll be like some really weird end of a mortal combat round where if you're not moving at the end of a game you'll just get like incinerated or or spiked um yeah i think it's um oh but what if you had an enforced stop that'd be manslaughter 
I mean, it, you know, it'd be it'd be control. You'd be able to turn it off if there was a stop that was enforced. You know, it's like, but I just I get so fed up at the end of the game, and I know this is going back to one of the first podcasts that we did. But Jesus Christ, getting out of the ground is an absolute nightmare because people just don't move. Um, um, well, think, to be honest, um, in all seriousness, I've actually raised that uh, with the supporters board. Um, we did. We have had a response from the club, and it is something uh, that they're aware of. Um, and that we're going to be discussing, I think, again in the close season. It's hard at the moment with the current setup and the current directives because as you're getting towards the end of a season, um, you're trying to change things. Uh, there's re- let, let's see, it's hard to try and implement too much new stuff towards the end of a season, especially now when there's no games. Um, but even before that, yeah. it's with a handful of games left, it's easier to put new protocols in place. Um, at the beginning of a season because obviously personnel and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it makes sense. Um, so what else could I think for the new stadium? Um, I'm not sure on the idea of a commode either, Gary. No, I've I've rethought that now. I actually said that because I actually went to see my nan, uh, just before the lockdown the other day and she was in her room, uh, and there was only one chair and Fee came. So Fee got the chair and I went over in the corner and said, oh, I'll grab this chair. And I started moving it across the room. And Fee went, that, uh, that's your nan's commode, Gary. So it's like, right, I'll put it there and sit on the bed. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the idea of, of sort of looking at Bubs's gallery of fans and then just seeing, uh, you know, you with a slightly smug expression on your face that we all know that you're secretly having a shit. What makes you think that I look smug when I do it? Well, I think it's just that that I think everyone would, wouldn't they? You know, if you had a if you had a little thing dedicated for you having your own little private shit where nobody else would really know about it. Well, they'd know about it because you'd have to take your trousers down, Ben, in the middle of the stand. I mean, I hadn't thought it through, but now you're suggesting your your suggestion's <laughs> beyond ludicrous. More likely that we're going to get gun turrets. <laughs> in all seriousness, um, do you know what? With the new stadium, uh, Stuart was quite correct in saying it's a long way off because I think. Um, we are. You know, there was a time where this new stadium was, was something that people might have thought twenty one, twenty two season. You know, back in the national league when it was first floated. And um, I don't think we'll see a new Lincoln City Stadium in the next decade. Yeah. I really don't. I think. Um, I think, given the current capacity of the ground, given the plans for the Stacey West. Given how the League One League One has gone, you know, we have progressed at a rapid rate. We have now hit a point where I believe our progress will peter out and it will now be mm. a steady growth. Could be argued that were we to go up into the championship, you you might you you would add more away fans, but in terms of home fans, you know, I'm not sure what the the growth is there. I, I just I just don't think at the moment it's worth it, it's worth the risk, and I, I yeah I, I don't think it's imminent. We've said some jokey answers there because you know we're trying to keep it a bit more light hearted, right? but um, I think read. I, I was always a staunch fan of a new stadium. I won't. I'm not backtracking. I always believed it made huge economical sense, uh, but at the same mm-hmm. time, the initial outlay is a huge economical risk, and yeah, you know it's risk risk free reward. Hmm. Yeah, I'm absolutely in agreement with you on that one. I think it's, um, I, I think probably um, saying you know 
a new stadium is is a nice to have, but at the moment, like you say, I don't think it's necessarily needed. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd probably suggest simple things. I mean, like you know, maybe a stadium that's. I I kind of like the idea of it being in, like fully enclosed, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't want it to be like a big soulless bowl. You know, it's it's got to have some character to it, yeah, which and, is hard uh, to achieve. Yes, yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And I think the other thing for me as well is that, you know, if it's um if it does have, you know, if we do ever go down the route of having a new stadium, there needs to be some sort of um you know, it, a Stacey West stand needs to exist and there needs to be some link to the likes of, you know, Keith and Graham Taylor and Colin Murphy and, you know, other other managers and other people that have been successful in our history. So I think that goes um, without saying, doesn't it? Yeah. I think all the new stadiums you go to, they they name their lounges and things after um managers. I don't think you will ever find stands named after managers at ours. I think Stacey West will always be the Stacey West for obvious reasons, but mm-hmm. I think then commercially you know, if it's a choice between having a stand named in the honour of a former manager or or a stand sponsored for £100,000 a year, you know, we're not selling our soul because it was never anything in the first place, but you're always going to go for the £100,000 a year. The club will never sell a sponsorship yeah, on the Stacey West stand. Um, certainly no. not the current um, the current board and, and the current commercial team. It would never be a, a, an option, never. Mm-hmm. Um, and people don't quite, and I can't say I can't say too much again, but people don't actually realise um, the morals that the board and the commercial team actually have, and the decisions that they make. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to poke. It's easy to say money grabbing this and sell you grand that, but in actual fact, when you you, you understand some of the um, proposals behind the scenes and some of the difficulties as well, um, you you would be surprised at, at, at the balance that they strike. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, well, you, you just got to look at this week, haven't you? You know, the, the whole um, quarantine team or whatever it is. The, you know, the um ultimate quarantine that the uh was it Leighton Orient are putting together yeah um you know pulling out of that because of uh, a, a certain sponsor and it's like you know that's fine it's it's very much appreciated and I think it's a decision that most of us as fans would take but you'd expect you know people within the club to maybe think about it and go oh we could potentially make some money and get some exposure out of it but yeah I, I agree with you fully on you that see, I, I, to um, defend Leighton Orient a little bit there the dream team are their club sponsor um, yes, I'd, I'm aware that that's their club sponsor. Yeah, and I'd, we pulled out the right way, and we just pulled out. We didn't then feel the need to go on Twitter and say we'd pulled out. And I can understand why Tranmere did because they're Merseyside. You know, when you start getting teams like Bristol City go, we're out too. It's you know, mm-hmm. oh, you know what what have they done to you? And I can understand morally why people wouldn't want to back the sum, but I also think our I think Lincoln did it the right way because they just came out quietly. They didn't do, didn't put anything on social media for likes. It was just, this is a moral decision that we're taking. We've taken the yep. decision. It was like when, and again, it sounds a team tenuous link, but it was like when um, Liam set up uh, the opportunity for me to see uh, Ross, who was the who was Danny's best friend, the physiotherapist, who uh, looked at my back. And he said, we don't want this, you know, don't put it on your blog, please, because we haven't done it for a look at me. We haven't done it for a commercial, uh, for, from a, a public relations point of view. We've done it because mm. you're struggling with your back and we want to help. Um, mm. And, you know, I 
I, I, I always I always say this, and I know there are so many people who will disagree, but I can't speak highly enough for Liam from what he's done for mm. me personally. You know, um, the man's got morals. He really has. You know, he, he has a lot of difficult decisions to make, decisions where inevitably somebody will be hacked off. Uh, mm. But anyway, that's that's another story altogether. More questions. Yeah. Have we got any more questions about um, about kids' characters that you know all about? Uh, no, we right. haven't, unfortunately. A Rugrats no... five-a-side team. Or... Yeah, sadly, there's no questions about the Bash Street kids. Oh, um, do you know what? I would have thought you were too young for that, weren't you? Mate, I love the Beano. I've got a collection of Beano books from like the 1940s through to today. Have you? I, I probably have yeah. the original ones. It's probably, uh, yeah, it's probably worth a bit. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, right. Seeing as you both love your uh, computer, uh, your football video games, which version of Championship Manager is the best of all time? Uh, I'm going 0203. Cherno Samba is God, says Johnny D. I can't remember which one had Tommy Svindle Larson from Steinbeck, <laughs> but I think I think it was uh, 9900. <clears throat> okay. I think it was that for me. Okay. Um, I am going to say, and I think it probably is just because of the fact that it's the one that I played the most when I was at uni, um, it would be 2007, um, which again, yeah, aside from waking up my all my housemates with a, a quite a, a loud and very, very aggressive swear at two o'clock in the morning, um, it, it, it sort of reintroduced me to a lot of... Uh, a lot of football stuff i think um a lot of the I, I was falling out with the premier league at the time and stuff it was just you know painful in terms of watching all the money come in so being able to take uh little old lincoln and get a few uh premier league stars on loan and you know dominating the league i can't remember who it was but it was an arsenal player um that I got on loan for Lincoln as a, as a young player. And then like three or four years later, he was actually in the Arsenal first team, banging him in. I was like, ah, oh, I remember him on Football Manager. And it was the same with like a bunch of players. But yeah, 2007 for me. So was that was that Champman 2007 or Football Manager 2007? Well, it, it started off as Championship Manager and then it became Football Manager. Ah, but there was a Championship Manager 2007 as well. So what actually happened, Yes, the old Champman, which was Idos and Domark, became football manager they they split didn't they and the team behind yeah. it went to football manager and the brand yeah that's right there. yeah so I, i'm assuming it's football manager we're talking about the continuation of, of the current yeah okay. yes yeah sorry yeah i i, I whenever so whenever anybody says champ manager i, I assume it to mean championship slash football manager because it's yeah. um that's the true lineage if you like yeah you see i um, remember the very first one i ever played was actually championship manager 93 i missed the first one which was an angry looking bloke uh <clears throat> bald bloke pointing at the on the box and it was a red box i didn't get that one but i got the one after it which was the green box um and then there was champ man italia uh as well came out which was great and I just basically then played them all the way through. But the very first player I bought on Champ Man, who I then became aware of in real life, was Udo Onware. Um, oh, on right. Champ Man 93, I remember buying Udo Onware. <clears throat> and then he signed for Lincoln, and I thought he was going to be an absolute world beater. <clears throat> and he wasn't. Oh, what was the guy? I'm, I genuinely cannot remember the guy's name, and it's going to drive me insane. Um, I'll tell you what, let's... Um... What was he? Let's a player, another... a key player. Yeah, he was. He was a key player at Arsenal. 
Oh, okay. Um, I, I remember. I mean, this is for people of a certain age. Johnny Dalton might remember this, or Rob Scott if he listens. But you used to be able to sign Nile Lamperty on there, and he was a world beater. And used to Ibrahim Bakayoko was another. I remember <laughs> when he then signed for Everton, and I thought yeah. Everton were then going to win the Premier League. Said sign Bakayoko. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was John Dalton's question actually. He says, uh, "Mr. Johnny D." Oh, was that okay? So, Very good. Yeah, yeah, and of course, you know, where he says Cherno Samba, Cherno Samba's God. Um, there's actually there's a really good article on BBC News at the minute actually about um, some of the players that that became Championship Manager legends. Yeah, I read it. Um, it's brilliant. I love yeah, it. it. Um, right, uh, next one's from Jake. Says which Loney excluding excluding Walker and Morell would you most want to see back in an imp shirt next season? Um, I think for me the obvious answer is Tyrese John Jules. I want to see what he's actually made of. I want to see what he's you know what he's capable of and see him tear the league up a little bit because I think he. he Obviously, his um, his injury came at the worst possible time for him, um, and I'd love to see what he can do. So, what about yourself? Uh, I wish I could say Rob Dickey. Um, <laughs> I, do you know what? And it won't happen. Callum Connolly. I I genuinely don't think we saw anything like the best of Callum Connolly. Um, I think that he could operate as a ball playing centre half. It really surprised me when he went, whether it was an Everton thing. It just surprised me he didn't play very often. Um, I thought there was a hell of a lot more from Connolly. And I think if we could if we could get him playing, um, possibly. But um, no, I don't know. For me, Liam Bridcup, I think. Because if we got him back next season, it would probably be on a permanent. And I think he would be a massive, massive signing for us permanently. Um, so, yeah. I, mm. Although I would like to have seen more of Connolly, I'll, I'll go for Liam Bridcup. Okay, no, fair enough. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Andy says, uh, if we are to finish the season, should it be behind closed doors um, until it's controlled, finish as and when, and then delay the start of the 2021 season or end the season now? Uh, you see, I think um, this ties in with Kate's question as well, doesn't it? Very similar, yes. kind of, what do we do? Yeah, resume or void the season. Um, and then if the latter, should Bolton start on minus 12 again? Um, and... Well, I mean, we'll come on to the third part of Kate's question, but yeah. So resume void the season. Should it finish and, you know, what happens or do we end the season now? No, you got to play it. you got to play the season. Uh, you, you know, it's we're not going to be in lockdown forever. China have come out of lockdown now, and I know there's talk about it going on and um, on and on, but you can't, you just can't void the season. Um, in my opinion, it'd be very, very tough. Even if you played... Um, some of the games as a mini tournament, I don't know. I, I I don't know what how you would do it, but I think you have to bring this season to a close. I could see from a League One p- perspective purely, avoiding the season actually would be the wisest option, but not across all of football because you've had twenty three teams, um, one of which were playing with youth kid youth players half the time early doors. It, it's been a complete imbalance from start to finish. With having weeks off, you know, to be honest, it's it's almost like it's it's little surprise that there's been this end to the League One campaign because the whole season has been farcical. Um, mm. But if you if you were to avoid it, and uh, yeah, I I think there should be steps taken to finish it. But let's say we get to to July and we're still quarantined or we're still not having football matches, then you've got to seriously think, you know about voiding the season because 
what option do you have? You need to make one of the seasons as normal as possible. And with the Euros moved now as well, it, it would make, yeah, it, it would be a tough, tough call. If they choose to avoid the season, you're going to have the teams at the top launching legal challenges. Peter have already said they'll do it. Um, not surprising, the chairman at the bottom, Karen Brady and Ron Martin, have been saying you've got to avoid the season. Well, of course, because, you know, their teams are struggling. It, it's, it's a decision I wouldn't want to make. If you avoided the season, if you started again next season, Bolton have got to start on the point with a points deduction because this season is void. So anything that happened prior mm. to a ball being kicked this season would have to stand. You see, the other question is mm. what about you, know, you could technically resolve the Berry situation? But again, mm. would that be right? Because if you're voiding the season, you're voiding everything all the way down to the National League. So you can't promote anybody. Um, mm. But yeah, you would still. But then, you know, would Macclesfield start on a points deduction as they've already got? Because their misdemeanours, the points they lost, were for something, were for uh, crimes, let's say, committed during this season. So, mm. yeah, it just, do you know what? It just throws up so, so many questions. It's unreal. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's an impossible scenario. You know, I think. I think playing the season off behind closed doors is completely out of the question. Um, I am fully, fully in agreement with um, the statements that Wayne Rooney's made recently, you know, in terms of they felt like a bit of a guinea pig. Um, I, I don't think it's right to to suggest or, you know, give the idea out that football players are somehow special and somehow, uh, you know, somehow immune to this virus if it's a case of, you know, we'll get 22 people behind closed doors. Um, I was, I'd, well, I was genuinely surprised that it, it took a Premier League manager to get ill from it to, for the for the season to be, you know, put on hold. I mean, mm-hmm. up until last Friday, everything was full steam ahead, and then Arteta came out and said, "No, well, I've I've got you know I've tested positive for the virus." It's like, Jesus Christ! Okay, well, we suddenly need to make a move. It it doesn't sit well with me when there's something going on that's that's this big, and then you're expecting people to go out and you know play football in in you know in, in close quarters it's it doesn't sit well with me at all unfortunately i'd rather see close behind closed doors and avoided season and oh, don't get me wrong I'd, i would nice. i'd rather i'd prefer to see it but i don't agree with it you know i i i don't i don't agree with the the sort of you know for one one of sounding like a bit of a twat i don't agree with the humanity side of it of saying right yes there's a virus going around that's highly contagious but you've got to play football for you know for 90 minutes it's no, it doesn't, doesn't sit right with me. In terms of um, social distancing and stuff like that, okay, I know football, but if those players were tested ahead of going into the game, so let's say they're saying, right, you're going to play your games behind closed doors, you will be tested for coronavirus three days before a game, um, and if you're if you're past fit, then you go and play. If, you, if your squad is, is decimated massively, then you don't have to play, but if you've got one or two players missing again play the game because illness is is a is something that normally affects footballers anyway but he, uh, i actually don't have a major problem with the games being played behind closed doors because 22 people coming together on a football pitch is no different to 22 people walking up and down the aisles of tesco's like i did this morning no different whatsoever and you can guarantee that the people that say well we feel like guinea pigs because we're playing football have no problem whatsoever with with going to their local supermarket where there's other people. They'll take the right precautions, 
that you could play games behind closed doors with absolutely the correct uh, precautions it's just by testing the players beforehand making sure they don't have to shake hands <laughs> which was the stupidest thing i that's ever ridiculous yeah. um you, you know i i i these are unprecedented times there's been yeah i've been alive 41 yeah. years 42 in november and nothing like this has ever happened in my lifetime and you know world wars didn't stop football season i think one of them did and one of them didn't one of the seasons continued after the outbreak of war and i think the other one was suspended but football carried on through the war and i'm not likening this to a war because yeah what i'm likening it to is unusual um cultural and social circumstances but yeah you've got to bring this to it with all the money in football you've got to bring the season to a conclusion somehow and you know avoiding it would just cause so many problems especially if you know let's say you avoid the season in july we avoid it in june right we can't play anymore so it's now void and then peterborough launch their legal action and other teams get the legal action so then where are we we're a month down the line teams are meant to be preparing for the next season but we don't know if the season before is actually going to be voided or not because they've launched you know it, it would ruin mm. football so there's got to be some really oh, yeah. decisive decisions made yeah, and I think that that's that's where the problem lies. And you know, I don't want to be the person that's making these decisions because can you imagine the shitstorm that would kick off if it was voided? You know, like you say, Leeds would launch legal action, Peterborough would do. Every single club that had something at stake this season would would then be launching legal action to try and you know make sure that they can get what they feel that they're owed. It's 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 a crazy crazy situation, and you know, God help whoever it is that that needs to put these decisions together because whatever they decide, it's not going to benefit everybody in the way that everybody wants to be benefited. That's behind closed doors is the most obvious way. Yeah, I, I genuinely believe if we get to the beginning of April and large gatherings are still a ruled still uh, to be avoided, and I've not worded that particularly well, but if, if they're still not allowed, if they're still banned and that goes going on through May and June, I can see behind closed doors being the only reasonable way that they can wrap up the domestic football season. I'd, in terms of European competition, it's even it's even tougher. But then I think a mini tournament is the best way. Do away with the two legs and all this and all that, and, and just go and have a little mini tournament. You know, you've got the final of the EFL trophy. That's not a problem. That's a one-off game. Um, the FA Cup again. You could you could kind of play that. You could play all the rounds of the FA Cup in two weeks. I can't think what stage you're at, quarterfinal now. So you've only got quarterfinal, mm-hmm. semifinal, final. Do you know what I mean? You've only got a handful of games. You could play that Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. And like I say, in the league. And what they could also do is play the games behind closed doors. But as soon as you reach a conclusion, you don't have to play the dead rubbers. So do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As, as soon as Bolton mathematically can't get up, mind you, no, that wouldn't work, would it? Because their games might impact other people. As soon as there was a dead rubber, yeah. you could do away with the dead rubber, though, couldn't you? Uh, yeah. You know, playoffs, one leg, one game, one off. Yeah. Cut down on it. But yeah, that, it's, it's, it's crazy. Might right. be the only way to do it. Might be. Yeah. I mean, the thing is that there isn't, at the moment, there's no indication of, you know, when things are going to come back, when things are going to start again. So you've you've not really got any hope of an answer at the moment. So. No. Um, so let's move on to the third part of Kate's question. Um, Johan Task has actually asked a really interesting question about a, a, quite a long and decent article um, 
which I would really, I, I really want to, uh, I want to read that. Um, yeah, we'll have, so, we might have to do that one next week because time's. Yeah, we might. On, we'll, we'll come back to that next week because it I've sounds got, like it's. I've got sorry, I've got a question from Edward Blissett as well, which we've not got time for now. Okay, um, so uh, yeah, Kate says um, your thoughts on the survival chances of several clubs such as South End, Macclesfield, etc., in the current climate. Um, I think they might go to the wall. To be honest, I mean, you look at what's happened at Barnet this week. It's it's crazy times you know all non-playing staff have been made redundant at barnet so they've been put on notice i thought they've been made made redundant they've been put on notice at the minute right okay but yeah it's um hmm. i i just if you don't go to work you don't get paid Mm. and you know the clubs if the players aren't going into training Maybe they should. Do you know what I mean? That, uh, I, I'm not sure. Some I think it's going to have big impact on some clubs. Um, I think others are, you know, the ones with the benevolent owners will, will be okay. The ones who are probably robust enough to soak losses up will be okay. But it's going to have a major effect um, going forward on transfer fees. It might have a big mm. effect on the earning power of some players. Um, it'll be... It will re it will change the football landscape if it goes on for too long. If it's just three weeks, uh, as it is at the moment, then you know little will change. Especially not with Euro twenty twenty now being moved, because you know we can just play on a little bit later in the year, have a shorter pre season, and get you know all back well and good next year. But if you get to April mm. and they say right, there's now no football till May, then it's going to have big impact huge impact yeah it's the same with contracts and things which is a, another question we'll probably have to cover you know in, in a week or two's time um but he, mm. you know, i don't we don't want to talk about too many ifs and buts i don't think on one podcast um mm. but you know if the season runs into july where does that leave us with some of the players who will then not be under contract yeah, so, yeah. be interested to see even where we are in a week's time yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, it's it's been fifty one minutes, fifty two minutes now, so we'll uh, we'll start to wrap it up. Um, two straightforward questions: Can I ask Gary if he has such a no nonsense attitude to coffee granules in the sugar? Does he feel about toast crumbs in the butter? Mm, no, bit blase. <laughs> what about mixing condiments in the butter? So if you've got, you know, if you have some toast and you've got butter and then some peanut butter or some, you use a knife that's got say. Uh, marmite or bovril on it what what if, if you then put that in the butter what's your feelings on if there's a little bit of that in the butter you disgust me ben there you go you see that's the answer marmite, that is the correct answer bovril first of all <laughs> do you put bovril on a knife why why would you no, I'm just, why would you be going in the butter I, after the condiment what are you mental do you put the condiment on the bread first and then go oh actually i'll butter on top of it <laughs> No, I'm just saying that I've I've seen it happen. Where I've seen it happen. If you, on one if of you your and your wife use the same car- knife, Marvel cartoons. <laughs> no, if you use the same knife as somebody else to save, you know, to save washing it up. Obviously, we won't at the minute in these days of social distancing. But if you use the same knife as somebody else, you just pick it up off the side. You go, oh, that'll be fine. And you put it in the butter. There's and you don't your realize There's that on your the side of the knife. I don't do that. I don't pick up a dirty knife. And go, that'll be fine. It's like I don't pick up the the fork where i've just fed the dog and go oh that'll be all right for my pasta bake it doesn't happen because that's the same it is the same <laughs> what is wrong with you well how do you live your life 
Ah, oh, but uh, anyway, next question. I'm, uh, there we go, Charlie. Gary doesn't give a shit if there's toast crumbs in the butter, but he will lose his mind if there's any cross-contamination. I will lose my mind if there's any Bovril or Marmite in my house. <laughs> Marmite's all right. Um, anyway, so Jane asks the final question. Um, she says, uh, there is one question that needs answering. What's your favourite dinosaur? I don't know any. Um, you don't know any di- Have you ever been a six-year-old? Yes, I used to read. <laughs> I used to like owls. When I was a six-year-old, I used to like owls. I had a poster of all the owls on my... Uh, yeah. I sounded a little bit like um, Donald Trump there. The owls. It's the owls. <laughs> the, beautiful, the beautiful, beautiful, the best owls. We've got the very powerful owls, the best owls with the owls <laughs> that are the best. And uh, our owls all will be there. And then if we do the good stuff with the owls, then the owls will be great. Um, I had a poster with owls on it, as I've said. And, uh, yeah, But no, dinosaurs. Uh, yeah, okay. I like the Triceratops. Specifically, Tony the Triceratops that used to um, live just down the road from us, uh, but you know, several million years ago. Yeah, man, Triceratops. It's the only right answer. It's a horse that's got. It's a dinosaur. Sorry, it's got three horns on its head. It's perfect. Is it, is it the one with the collar as well, like with the with the funky collar all the way around? Yeah, the, the Stegosaurus is the one with all the little um, lumps down the- its back. Yeah, the hexagons on its back. Trisanosaurus, the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex is the one that's got a little bit of an attitude problem. Yeah, tiny arms. Uh, the Brontosaurus was just a great big dopey looking thing. Yeah, it used to wander around. And the, uh, the, the Diathinkisaurus was the blind one, wasn't it? Uh, uh, the, uh, the the there's always the Dilophosaurus as well, which is the one that spits at you. Um, and it's it's always quite funny because you can if you if you watch Jurassic Park, you know when it it jumps out and it spits at Dennis Nedry in the face. When is uh, when the big ruffled collar comes out and he starts spitting? If you go up behind somebody with an umbrella and you unfurl the umbrella at just the right speed, it looks like that. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Um, so to finish with, I think. Um, Andy suggested probably throwing a couple of good news stories in because people probably need it at the minute. Um, I've, you know, it's it's very rare that we'll talk about Premier League football or Premier League clubs on this podcast. But I've got to say, what an amazing gesture today from um, from Chelsea! They've said that the hotel that's attached to their ground is going to be free for any NHS staff that require accommodation, um, accommodation, food, drink, whatever they need. Um, Abramovich is picking up the tab for it. Um, it's you know what a gesture. I think that's fantastic. Um, and more locally, I think there's obviously, you know, the club have put some stuff on the the website as well about making sure that you're being a good neighbour and a decent person at the moment. So if there's anybody out there that, that does need help um, and that does, you know, is, is a bit more vulnerable, then make a trip to the shops for them if you can. And, and, you know, don't go in and start spreading everything, but just leave it, at, excuse me, leave it at the door and yeah, they can pick it up and deal with it. not Marmite so. or Bovril. Well, I mean, it depends. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I think there was there's some good information on the club site in particular um, that you can email if you need to to talk or anything like that. And I think uh, I think the boys from Andy's bus have been involved in in saying they're going to help out. I know the six one seven have done some food bank stuff. Um, I feel pretty mm. useless because obviously I'm stuck out here in Louth, and I see all these great initiatives in Lincoln and non essential travel. So yeah. I, 
I could help my neighbour out. Um, but yeah. to be honest, you know, he's disappointed, as I said last week, I think that coronavirus hasn't brought zombies. Um, I think he was ready to make some weapons and battle some zombies off. So, uh, you know, but yeah, yeah, just look out for each other, you know, and it's, um, it is what it is, unprecedented times, but apparently we all keep talking uh, crap on the podcast to keep you entertained. Uh, I keep trying to yeah. put some content on the site and we'll we'll all muddle through it as best we can. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we can, uh, we'll do what we can um, in terms of it being sort of continually weekly at the moment we obviously need to we need to make sure that um well we'll have those discussions and see what the what the plan is but as long as we can do we will um obviously if one of us gets ill then that needs to probably need to reassess it but we'll uh we'll see what happens we'll not get that yeah. ill will we we're young we're fit we'll be well, fine I, I i think we should commit to a weekly one bugger it right well on. i mean you say we're young and we're fit. I mean, I'm I'm younger than you, and you're probably fitter than I am. So <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I tell you something earlier. My dog didn't want to go for its walk, and so I was walking, and I basically said, "I I, I have a saying that that gets his attention." You go, "What's this?" And the dog's ears prick up, and he, he comes running to you. And so to make sure he got adequate exercise, I then ran off with the tree, making him follow me. I tell you something. <laughs> I bet I got fifteen yards before I was blowing out of my arse. <laughs> and then the dog's like jumping up at me so i've got clean jeans on muddy footprints up he's helped himself to the treat in my hand and i feel like i'm going down <laughs> uh, oh dear anyway right yeah if anybody uh you know if anybody's feeling it just shout us on social media because it's been i've had a i've had a tough week mentally it's been you know it's been difficult but it's it's good to to chat to people and you know, if anybody needs out, just give us a shout and we'll uh, hopefully engage as much as we can. Um, mass- but... Massive apologies to Bob's who was working yes. nearby today. Could One was going to come. We've been wanting him on the podcast for 80 episodes now. Um, yeah. And he, he basically messaged us and said that he was able to come on. And obviously I have B here who's got to go off to uh, a hospital and, and, and back to her, um, her mother who's, who's into her 70s. And obviously you've got... Um, the issue there, you know, a respiratory problem there as well. So yeah, yeah. We we had to uh, we had to say no, and I feel really bad. So we will definitely get Bob's on very soon, and an interpreter, uh, or we'll just ask him to speak really slowly. Yeah, but um, anyway, yeah. So take care of yourselves, guys. Just you know, look after yourselves. Make sure you keep washing your hands and just follow the advice, I guess. Um, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. It's the ninetieth minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. 
one of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.